Good morning. You are listening to SisterCast. Today is January 8, 2017. We wish you peace and strength in your efforts to keep the Dementors at bay during 2017. This is a Piano Mom podcast. The Book of Mormon contains the following phrase hurled at believers by their enemies. Your joy and your faith concerning this thing hath been in vain. I've heard these sentiments from well-meaning people in regards to my own belief in Christ and in good things to come, and I've also read vitriolic attacks along these lines from those who are not so well-meaning. First of all, I wonder whether joy can ever be in vain. The answer, of course, depends on what joy is. If it's possible for one to discover joy in evil, then perhaps joy could be ultimately vain. But I don't believe people find joy in evil. Whatever it is they feel, it's not joy. Dostoevsky's Dmitry Karamazov seems to think he's experiencing joy in his sensuality, but for me it lacks a critical quality I have yet to define. However, there is a critical nuance that must be considered. By all appearances, things can appear completely evil when in fact they're not. For example, someone may have true joy in the election of Durmstrang. It is not evil to hope for some good end in connection with this, even if Durmstrang incites evil more effectively according to my hierarchy of evil than any former U.S. presidential candidate during my lifetime. It also does not follow that anyone can know with certainty whether such a situation is better or worse than the alternative. So if it turns out the economic recovery founders and most young men in America continue, continue to flounder and respect for the other continues to stagger along its path from politically correct to disrepute, one might think their joy was in vain. But still, I argue that it was not vain. Their joy was in the hope of a better world, not in the better world that never arrived. And while they experience joy, it has the effect on them that joy has on anyone. And that is not vain, even if none of the good things they hope for come to pass. So I would assert that joy cannot be vain, but is always a worthy and beneficial experience. Now for the second element in this phrase, can faith be vain? This is a more difficult question because not only can one trust in evil as well as in good, but the thing in which one has faith is so directly tied to faith itself. True, one may have faith in a general sense that good things will eventually overcome the bad, But still, it seems to me that good things must come or that faith must be vain. Here I must add that time is a scoundrel in all of this. At what point in time can anyone say that faith in good over evil is vain? This, of course, applies to faith in evil over good also. I believe faith in evil is vain because good ultimately overcomes evil, but how could I convince you of this? Perhaps faith in good over evil is vain, but who can make the call? I would submit that this is beyond mere mortal capabilities, so that anyone who claims that such faith is vain has no ground to stand on. On the other hand, faith in a specific event that must happen within certain parameters can be vain, vain, vain. Though nothing of this sort justifies losing all faith whatsoever, it certainly may give rise to questioning one's faith. The scripture I referred to above is based on a prophecy with a definite time constraint, a highly unusual pronouncement for a prophet of God. If the tormentors were keeping good records, they would know when to increase the pressure, and if nobody saw the event occur within the given time, it seems that faith in that prophecy would have been vain, and it would be difficult for believers to argue otherwise. 
A little more than a year ago, an acquaintance died. He was one of those people who spent virtually all of his time doing really useful and benevolent things, and pretty much everyone with whom he came in contact loved him. He fought the cancer that attacked his otherwise healthy body when he was only 50 years old with every reasonable effort, and perhaps many efforts that were not reasonable. After a four-year battle, God took him home. This shook my faith tremendously, and I think it did this to others as well. It was not that God takes good people home early because this has been happening since the beginning of history. I had faith that he would recover his mortal health. Many events in regards to his illness led me to believe this, and I think many other people experienced the same thing. Our faith that he would recover his mortal health was vain. How else do I put this? I was not mad at God about whom I happen to know something, but extremely frustrated and upset. For me, there is a more global shaking of faith in this than that this good man died. This global faith shaking is not new for me, but newly goaded. If my strong faith was in vain, how do I justify continuing to trust my strong faith in other things? There have been many tears shed over this problem, along with tears shed for his death. There are two beautiful and good things about pain and suffering. One is they can help you to understand other people, and the other is they can help you to understand God. In the crisis of this very personal injury, I ran to the one certain source of comfort. The sadness remained, and my faith in my own ability to know things has not been restored. But as in many times past, I have been restored. Nobody on this earth has that kind of power. And this is why the self-appointed dementors of believers, no matter how intelligent, scientific, and authoritative, are wasting their time. Perhaps faith in specified events can be vain, but there are facts that simply trump everything else. This has been a great morning with SisterCast. My five sisters and I hope you have a better day. SisterCast is not a registered trademark of the Weird Sisters Corporation, and you may steal it all because you can afford a better lawyer than we can.